allow yourself to feel anxious, like, like allowing instead of resisting, right? Cause what you resist persists. So if you're fighting the pressure, if you're fighting the anxiety and the negative emotions and that kind of thing, then that's just going to make it worse. So if you can give yourself a little bit of grace and allow and see that the pressure, the stress, the anxiety isn't all bad, then you can like be at peace with it more. Um, and then it's not going to affect you negatively, but you can actually use it to help your, your performance to heighten your performance even. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What's the Lesson? WTL. WTL, where we take your WTF moments and talk about how we can transition them. It's all about perspective to WTL. Everything's a lesson if, if, you're, if you're looking at it that way. If you're open to it. If right? you're open to it. Um, because life truly is never happening to us. We really want to flip the script and mention that life is actually happening for us. Everything that happens in our day-to-day -day is really giving us permission and perspective to learn that lesson and utilize it moving forward. Because we guarantee you things don't just happen once. No. Situations it... don't just happen once. <laughs> I always I always used to think too that the grass was always greener. I'm like, if my problems are bad now, I'm just gonna run somewhere else and expect that they don't follow me. Um, oh man. And that's such a great lead-in because A, we're sitting in my home office in Arizona. And if you don't know, now you do, the landscapers are wild. So the grass really is being <laughs> cut on the other side. Trees are being cut down. <laughs> But also our guest today, I feel like has spent a long, a long portion of her life, a lot of her life on grass, the soccer field, realistically, which is where she's transitioned to coaching girls and being a really incredible, inspirational leader. She's got a book. She's got a podcast. She's got a thriving community of her own. So, you know, if you are not driving, please put your hands together for Miss Shay. And we asked her how to pronounce her last name because we've said it 18 different ways from Sunday since we've met her a couple <laughs> years back. And she said it's like shadow, Haddo. So Shay Haddo, welcome to the WTL What's the Lesson podcast. Thanks, guys. That was probably the most seamless transition from landscaping to, you know, <laughs> me spending a lot of time on grass. And I still spend a lot of time on grass because like I love my lawn. I'm kind of obsessed with the the my lawn and like looking nice and I love cutting grass. So let's just keep it going. 
I love it. And I do notice that you have really taken on your backyard as a project and it's so inspiring. I'm like, way to go, Shay. What the heck am I doing on a Saturday? Like I can get, I can go out there and get my hands dirty too. So thanks for inspiring us obviously in so many ways, but yeah, I love watching you on Instagram because I'm like, dang, look at her doing cool things in her backyard. That's hilarious. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Before we get going into whatever the topic, however we slice this onion, will you tell our audience who you are and a little bit about your background, why you are, why we asked you to be on the show? You've got an expertise. Let's hear about it. All right, let's do it. So yeah, I grew up, as you said, on the soccer field, but also on the basketball court. A lot of people don't know that because I'm like, I played college soccer. I did soccer most of my life, but I was probably more gifted as a basketball player. No way. Um, yes, I was. And if Fun you went to my Instagram, you could I see me. I'm in a three-on-three -three basketball league right now and I was balling out. So it's it's probably expired now, but you I guys saw are it. You, you said your mom was in town. You were, you yeah. had to show up, show out. You went yep. in with the, with the layup. <laughs> My mom was like live streaming it. Just kidding. Not really, but she was taking so many videos and I was like, oh, you know what? I still got it. I still got it. So yeah, I, I grew up playing basketball, soccer. And then when I was 12 years old, I tore my ACL. So incredibly young to go through that crazy of an injury. Um, I was confident before that I was fast. I was like all the things that you would want. Right. And then after that injury, I took a complete 180 um, mentally and also physically. Like I lost all of my speed, but more uh, traumatic than that is I lost all my confidence. I was, I went from like, you know, being confident, uh, being willing to make mistakes, um, you know, just going out and like playing really hard. And then after the injury, I was like, I was like a shell of myself. I was terrified of making mistakes. I, I didn't want to let my teammates down. So I would just hold back in games. I felt completely trapped and that really affected just my love and joy of the game. And so at age 15, I almost quit. Like it was so close to quitting just because I wasn't confident. Um, and I just wasn't having fun anymore. So luckily I decided to stick it out. Um, and I, I got recruited to play in Virginia, got played there for a semester and then went over to Utah state. But the reality is, is that my confidence issues did not go away in college. Like I still struggled with confidence. I still, you know, I, I got hurt again. I lost my starting spot. I was one of those teammates that was, you know, not a teammate you want to be one of those teammates that was, you know, wishing that your, your, you know, counterpart would screw up so that you could play more. And just like, I just had a really tough junior season after that injury. And then between junior and senior year, I started like taking a sports psychology class. Uh, we started having that same sports psychologist come and work with our team. And I had this huge realization that, oh my gosh, my, my issues, so to say, aren't physical, um, but they're mental. Like it's all about my mindset and my confidence. So I started like really like diving into what I was learning. I started visualizing and it was a complete 180 from junior year to senior year. Like I went from you know, riding the bench, being a terrible teammate to then being team captain, starting having literally the best season of my career as my last, my last season. Um, and it really was, I attributed it to, you know, taking control of my confidence, taking control of my mindset. And that's why I do what I do. Cause as I was coaching after I was done playing, I noticed that girls were going through the same things that I was going through and they felt like they were alone. There wasn't any resources for them. And so I saw a huge need and also a desire in my heart to help girls kind of navigate the social, emotional, mindset, confidence kind of side of not just their sport, but also their life. 
I mean, I got goosebumps several times. <laughs> I really want to go back to the fact that you said you were a terrible teammate because I don't think that's talked about enough, mm -hmm. right? You you don't want to be judged for that, but to be completely honest, I think all of us have that in us, that judgment that I hope she doesn't do as well so I can play. Like, yeah. can we unpack that a little bit because I think that is gold to have an open discussion about because it's happening with all of us. However, we're judging ourselves and we don't want to yes. say it out loud because we know other people will also judge us. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I lost my starting spot to this teammate and, you know, she deserved to play over me because I, I was playing more of the blame game as opposed to taking responsibility. So when I was sitting on the bench, I wasn't, I wasn't like cheering for my team. I was secretly wishing that she would screw up, like literally wishing that she would screw up so that I went in. And when that did happen and I did get my chance to go in, like it, it just didn't feel like, feel right. Like I, I wasn't playing well because I was so absorbed in myself and just like, what's the best for me that I wasn't able to put out my best for my teammates and in turn didn't put out the best for myself um, because I was being like so self-absorbed. And so that was something that like, I, I'm glad I went through that, right? From WTF to WTL, like I love that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm not proud of it, but I'm glad that it happened so that I can share this experience um, because there are going to be times, you know, when you're competitive, you want to play. Right. But you can be competitive. You can want to play and you can still be a bad. Can I can I swear a badass? Can I say badass? Yeah. You can still it. be a badass teammate, you know, by, you know, you don't have to be self-absorbed um, to get the playing time. You can get the playing time and you can be a great teammate at the same time. And usually the more the great, more of a great teammate you are, the more playing time you're going to get to because because your coaches can see through, you know, your attitude on the bench. And my attitude on the bench was complete garbage. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it so much. So from what I'm really gathering in this conversation is you starting to develop having a growth mindset. And we'll get into that in just a second. But this conversation around you being a, a, a teammate that you weren't super proud of and that it was impacting and affecting the way that you played, was you really having that fixed mindset? You were really closed off in or self-absorbed. You said that. And I'm like, yes, that is a fixed mindset. That That is the true definition of feeling like you feel stuck. And all you're hoping and wishing and wanting is that someone else falters so that you can essentially step in and shine. And you were so out of alignment that you getting the opportunity, you still didn't perform to your peak performance because of the negative self-talk, of the judgment, of the comparison, so on and so forth. So what I really want to call out really quickly is the definition of a growth mindset. A growth mindset is a way of thinking that helps you believe in your own potential to grow and improve. It's about having a positive and resilient attitude towards challenges and setbacks and seeing them as opportunities to learn and develop new skills. So two things, a positive attitude and being resilient. So resiliency is the way of bouncing back. It is overcoming challenges. It is doing Grit, hard things. Perseverance. Yeah. But 
having a positive out or outlook or, or attitude about it. So now what I love to hear, Shay, is that you're using your pain for purpose. What you've encountered as an athlete and as a coach, what you saw, it was funny. You were like, okay, maybe I thought I was doing this alone. And then you are now coaching girls and you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. They're me. Those are- <laughs> They're little me's running around, right? And that that's also a really another great point within that is because girls think they're struggling with this alone mm-hmm. because of the fear of judgment, because of the fear of... I shouldn't be saying that, whatever it is. And it's like, no, we have to get those things out on the table in order to overcome and to grow further because you can't, if you can't name it, you can't claim it, right? So you were given an opportunity to work with a sports psychologist and that was kind of your moment of reflection and turning, being able to pivot from one mindset to the other. Will you talk just a little bit more about what internally what that was like for you? I mean, because it's almost like a light bulb, right? It's like a coming to moment where you're underwater and you finally breach the surface and it's like, holy crap, I can breathe, I can see. What was that like for you? Another, I I like that analogy. Another analogy that I've heard recently that really resonated with me was like an astronaut, like going into outer space where it's like all this resistance, 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 right? And then they pop, you know, into outer space and it's just like, ah, it's just like ease, more ease, more peace. And so that's a, that's a great analogy too. Um, But it really was like, I like that we're shifting into, you know, the fixed first growth mindset. Cause for me, it was a fixed mindset. And specifically it was like a scarcity mindset, which I say, you know, those two are very similar. It was like, if she gets the opportunity, then I can't th- have the opportunity if, and it was very like, there's only one seat at the table mentality oh, yeah. and not the, you know, like there's enough for all of us to go around and the rising tide lifts all ships. Right. And so I saw that it wasn't about, you know, one of us getting the opportunity. It was about, you know what, she can have the opportunity and so can I, and we can both thrive. We can work together. We can thrive. We can, you know, both be a great asset to this team by pushing and challenging each other from a place of love and competitiveness, not comparison. So I saw that there was a huge difference between comparing and competing. And um, before that, I saw them as kind of like similar, like, oh, if I'm competing, then I'm comparing. But now I see that that's not actually true. Now I see that when you're in comparison, it's more about the self-absorption um, and looking outside. But where when it's competing, you're pushing to make your teammates better and you're also pushing to make yourself better. So those were some big realizations that I had. And it went from the scarcity mindset, the lack mindset to like, there's enough opportunities for us all. And the more I show up for my teammates, the more that I'll see also um, opportunities for myself. So those were a couple like huge shifts I had just from that, like one experience. That's so good. It's so good because I know parents who are going to be listening to this, they probably have daughters right now who are athletes and who are in that similar position. And what I really want to call out is you fixing and flipping the script allowed you then to perform. You said you had your best year yet when you were an athlete, which is really incredible. Where before, when it was more about the self-absorption, when you were comparing and looking at your teammate as bad competition, unhealthy competition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
um, yeah. it totally hindered your your growth and performance. Absolutely. And that shown that showed all the way through. It wasn't just you, right? You're in your head in that moment in time. But guess who saw it? Your teammates knew that they couldn't count on you, and your coaches probably definitely didn't want to put you in. So as exactly. much as we think like we're internally mm -hmm. processing our body language, our facial expressions, it comes out in ways that we're not necessarily aware if we don't Absolutely. have that self-awareness. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious, I, I want to now shift into you teaching this type of work to your athletes. Yeah. So if a mom is listening to this and her daughter is really just in this swirl of negative emotions and anxiety and overwhelm and stress and pressure. I, I'm curious around like, are there tips? Do you have like, what can girls start doing? What's the first kind of level that if you were to say, hey, I know exactly what you're going through and to really move the needle forward this is we got to peel back the, the layers and this is where you need to start where do girls start and what are what are some tips or advice that you can give moms so that they can hear this conversation and be in this work with their daughters yeah i mean like one of the biggest things that i learned for myself that i'm now teaching my girls is that like your internal world will create your external world, right? So if you're all stressed and, you know, putting a ton of pressure on yourself internally, then that's going to show up externally, right? If you're judging yourself here, you're going to be judged out there. So like, that's, that's a big kind of mindset shift. And as far as pressure goes, like, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, I feel like most of my youth career was like so much pressure on me. And when I talk about pressure with my girls, it's like, I, I ask them to say like, okay, is, is pressure actually a real thing or is it just a perception? Right. And so pressure is really just your perception of something. Cause you could take two people, the same experience. One of them could perceive that as really high pressure and one could perceive as not as much pressure. So taking a look at your perception and how are you perceiving that pressure? Um, and then with that too, is using the pressure for good. Um, because a lot of times we think pressure, anxiety, stress, that those are all bad things. But the truth is when it comes to performance, you, the, the sweet spot is where there's just like a, a medium amount of stress or anxiety or pressure. And that's when you perform your best. There's like a bell curve, right? Like no pressure performance, isn't going to be good too much pressure. Performance isn't going to be good. So it's about kind of having that sweet spot. Um, and I guess some things to be able to kind of manage that into that sweet spot. And one of the biggest things that I've learned with, you know, emotions is to like, allow yourself to feel anxious, like, like allowing instead of resisting, right? Cause what you resist persists. So if you're fighting the pressure, if you're fighting the anxiety and the negative emotions and that kind of thing, then that's just going to make it worse. So if you can give yourself a little bit of grace and allow and see that the pressure, the stress, the anxiety isn't all bad, then you can like be at peace with it more. Um, and then it's not going to affect you negatively, but you can actually use it to help your, your performance to heighten your performance even. So good. I love that. And it brings to mind something similar that we're going through right now in terms of 
people seeing us online and like thinking we're crushing it, right? And by all intents and purposes, we're moving the needle forward, we're making an impact, but it's funny what people's perception uh, of how we're doing is, right? It's like, oh my gosh, you guys are everywhere, you're killing it, you're doing such amazing work, you're crushing it. And on the flip side, we're reading those comments going, we feel like we're getting crushed. We're the ones getting we're crushed. We're really yeah. getting crushed. And I don't want it to mean something negative because diamonds are made under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Pressure is an incredible tool, like you just said, to be able to utilize in order to continue to strive towards progress and getting better at your craft. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've felt that same thing as a business person. Like when I was in my lowest moments, I kept getting like these, you're crushing it. I'm like, no, I'm not like, but that's the thing with perception is like perception is everything. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely everything. You could be in the worst situation in your life and it's, it's bad or good, just depending on your perception. So it's not the external that, that, you know, is the important thing, but it's how you perceive it. So it's like, can you go inside? And I know this is, we could go on such a rant about this, but can you go inside and look inside um, and see what your perception is before, you know, judging situations as like good or bad? Because it really is just your perception. Yeah, you're right. And with the work that you do with your girls, I mean, do you have them practice that? So as an adult, I'm listening to this and I'm like, gosh, this is so good. And for younger girls, how do you make it digestible for them so that they practice really seeing their inner world first before they look outside of themselves? That seems like such a big con or concept. It it and is. the practice in that is to grow in, in your confidence. Well, and I want to throw one more little thing in there it can be hard to practice that, especially when you're taking advice from people who you know care about you, but might not understand how to give you the best advice or feedback, mm -hmm. AKA parents. Mm -hmm. So we're we're looking inside first and we're supposed to not look outside for, for people's feedback or what they think about what we're doing. But a lot of those people, especially at this age, are parents or teachers, authority figures. So how do we make that distinguishable line in the sand? Yeah. I mean, I guess I can like an example, I can attribute it to like decision-making, right? Cause a lot of times, you know, there's a decision, like, do I want to try out for this team or this team, or do I want to play this instrument or this instrument? Right. And a lot of times as kids, it's, you always go outside for feedback, especially for parents. Um, and one thing that I try to teach my girls is to like, really get in tune with like what they're feeling in their body and to, and I'm a huge believer of like making decisions based on feeling, um, more so than like what's up here mentally, because mental stuff, there's a lot of fear rooted in that. And so it's really telling them like, well, how do you feel? Like, what is, what is your body telling you when you're, when you're imagining playing for team A, what's happening in your body versus what's happening in your body when you're imagining playing for team B. So when the, it is like faced with going inside versus outside, it really is like, the biggest word I can say is just like feeling like having faith in your feelings is so incredibly huge. And that's why it's so important. Um, and a huge thing that I try to get across is like that no feelings, emotions, thoughts, or are good or bad. They just are. And the problem with an emotion is that you make it a problem. And so just mm -hmm. always bringing them back to like, what's, what's going on inside of their body. Cause your body doesn't lie. Like I truly believe your body always tells the truth, but you just have to learn to listen to it. <laughs> it's that's so true. 
It's so true because we make meaning out of everything. Absolutely. And, and everything is neutral. We tell our girls all the time that everything is neutral. It could be if we're talking about um, mindset or fear um, or stress or anxiety. I love that you said that it is neutral. It's how we look at it to say, like, is it positive? Is that like really fueling us to, you know, move in the direction of where we want to be and grow yeah. in our sport? Or is it negatively impacting us? Um, and we're comparing and um, going down the rabbit hole of negative self-talk and self-doubt, et cetera, et cetera. So I love really highlighting that it is just what it is. You said yeah. the word are, A-R-E. Like it's just, they you know, are. They, are. they are. They are. It's what we make of it. So good. You teach confidence and that is the number one. That's the number one thing that girls want when they also work with us. So it's really interesting to say that like, we also work with athletes, but just in a different way. Right. We work really with all girls, but even you specifically working with girl athletes, you probably hear that girls want to grow in their confidence. And, and what Mary and I have learned in the word confidence is that it means something different to everyone. Well, it's like an overarching theme. I think people say it because it's what they're supposed to say. Like, right. I want more confidence. But when we, again, going back to that onion, when we start peeling back the layer, it's like, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. And they're like deer in the headlights. I don't, I don't know. know. I just yeah. know that I'm supposed to have it or I'm supposed to want it. But when we can get to the root of what confidence actually means to them, it's like when that light bulb goes off. I love that. Do you experience that as well? Because I feel like going back to mm -hmm. the parent example or the authority figure example, like we tell kids what they're supposed to have. They show up on the field and they're supposed to be the forward or they're supposed to be right. you know, the goalkeeper, but maybe they like to run and they're a mid back instead, but they don't want to go against what their parents said. That can be a form of putting themselves in the opposite of a growth mindset because they're they're growing into somebody else's expectation of them. Mm -hmm. So do you find that that is similar to the athletes you work with and them really not knowing what confidence is until you really, really spend the time to break it down? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, I'll ask them when they first join, like, why are you here? What do you want to get out of it? It's like, I want to be more confident. I'm like, cool. Like, what is that? What does that actually mean? And, and a lot of time it is, I, I think that the, the girls want to be there. Um, if they didn't want to be there, I don't think they would be there, but it is like my mom says that, you know, I need to be more confident. And then they may start to, to be like, oh, I'm aware that I'm not confident. So that is something we talk about. I was like, what is, what does confidence actually mean? And I agree that there are a lot of definitions of confidence. I would say the most common kind of definition is just a belief in yourself and your abilities and kind of like knowing you can do something. But I like to more so teach around the definition of confidence is just having the willingness to be able to try something, right? So like, if you're really confident in yourself, you can go out and you can fail and you can still be okay with yourself and you can still love yourself. It's like being okay with, with judgment, being okay with being vulnerable and just having that confidence, um, that inner like core of confidence that doesn't shake you when you fail or you mess up or you get called out. Like it's really just being willing to fail. Like that's how I like to teach it. <laughs> yes. And so much easier said than done. Because, yeah. Right. And, and I think that's also, um, 
that's the conversation that I'm sure you have often and what we have often too is like it is a practice as much as you want to be an incredible athlete you show up to practice to practice your skill if you want to be an incredible reader you practice reading not only in school but at home and if you want to be awesome at the guitar you practice not only at your guitar lesson but at home and on the weekends same with confidence. It is so incredible that girls are seeking, wanting to feel a certain way, but they don't know how and they don't know how to define it. So mm -hmm. this conversation is just really highlighting the importance of practicing it. So it is hiring a mentor. It is hiring someone like you to help guide girls in their sport but also what's beautiful about this work is that it's transferable oh, what absolutely. happens on the court or off the court is you know it translates into all areas of your life so what i want to say in this it's like if you don't have the means to hire someone or put them in some type of space where they get to grow their mind and their social skills and their emotional skills it's like shay has a book too <laughs> I mean, the resources the that we resources. have available to us, you yeah. don't have to spend a dime. No. There's podcasts like this. There's, I mean, free resources on the internet. We never want this work to be um, not accessible to anyone looking to grow. But I think that's the first thing is you have to be looking to grow. It's that self-awareness piece, mm -hmm. right? So there it is. It's, it's almost like leveling up. You start somewhere with podcasts and books and you start digesting the information and parents, this is really for you more yeah. so than your girls right now, because they're learning from you in, mm -hmm. in this sense, they're seeing how you're responding, reacting. If you're, if you have a negative mindset or negative self-talk, they're more likely to have that as well. So really the work that your girls are going to be in with this mindset work with growing an open mindset, is directly a direct reflection of the work you're putting in so when you start you're giving them permission to also follow yeah. along or walk in your footsteps and you know it's it's yeah. big work so it might not seem super alluring to them right away but what they see in you is really something that they're going to be drawn to for themselves. The confidence piece in particular, the open mindset in particular, those key tools to really living the life full of the potential that you see for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it also like gives them permission. Cause I, I think a lot of times working on your confidence or if you're not confident, like some girls feel almost embarrassed about that. Like, Oh, I should be confident. And if I'm not, there's, there's something wrong with me or I'm broken and society will tell you that. So as a parent, yeah. Like going and doing those things and giving them permission that like, Hey, you're not broken. You don't, you don't need to fix anything, but you can get better. You can grow, you can evolve. And here's how you do it. Um, because yeah, your, your kids are going to do absolutely everything you do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that you, you brought that up, Mary. It's so important. Yeah. Um, Shay, where, I mean, you are an author, so where can people find your book? And also if they're interested, if they do have a girl athlete, you have this incredible program. So can you talk about those two things, what your book is, where people can find it, and also the program that you do for girl athletes? Yeah, absolutely. So my book is called She the Confident. It's a really easy read. It's like a hundred pages long. 
I've had girls as young as like eight-year-olds read it. I've even had like a lot of moms and daughters and dads and daughters will read it together, um, even coaches. Um, so it's really digestible to where it's broken down into first all about mindset, the growth mindset, and then gets into, you know, some real tangible confidence strategies. And at the end of each kind of chapter, there's action steps where you can go put it into practice. Because like you said, Joe, like I'm a huge believer of, okay, we've got the concepts, but can you actually put it into practice? Because right. without the practice, it's like, it's just knowledge. Um, and so each each chapter has those action steps. So you can find that on Amazon. Um, just type in She the Confident, or just if you Google She the Confident, it'll come up there. And then my program. So I have a new program called Beyond the Athlete. And I love it because the because of the, the four pillars that make this program so special are connection to self, connection to your body, connection to nature, and then connection to others. So it's a lot about, you know, getting connected with yourself. Um, and, and then the body part is, you know, more like having confidence in your body through movement. Um, Cause movement is such a huge part of my life. So I'm like, if I leave that out, then that's not, you know, in alignment with, with me yeah. and the connection to nature. It's like the number one way that, that girls and humans in general can improve their mental health is getting off their screen and like getting outside. You know what I mean? It's like totally. better than any pill or anything is like, just spend more time connecting, you know, to nature and getting outside. And then the connection to others is huge. As you guys know, it's like so much of, you know, confidence for girls is tied to, you know, friends and relationships and family and teammates. Um, so we spend a lot of time on, on that kind of stuff as well, as far as confidence goes. So you can find uh, more information on that um, at my website at alphagirlconfidence.com. Well, and what I love about, I mean, you lit up talking about it and it's so cool because you've been in this work, not only personally for yourself, but you're not a new business owner. So this is really an evolution of the girls and the families that you worked with, that you have worked with and the concepts that you've delivered and you've seen it grow to this point where you're, you're recognizing certain things that girls actually need to learn, whether they want to learn them or not is a different story, but you're actually giving them what they need to learn based on years of experience of working with girls. So the fact that you've broken it down into those four new pillars of your business is super cool because you've really hit a vein in terms of yeah. what they need to be the best, brightest, and most confident versions of themselves on and off the field. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's what helped me, you know, not only in my youth career, but also as an adult, like what's helped me the most with my emotions and my mental health and my confidence. So it's like, it's, I'm putting, you know, what I'm teaching, like I'm putting to practice every single day. Yeah. Well, we will make sure that in our show notes, we will highlight um, where people can find you, your program, your book, all of it. It's so good, Shay. You are a dear friend of ours and truly thank you for this conversation. It has been the highlight of our day and I know parents are going to seek so much value in this because Man, girl athletes, as much as things change, they stay the same. And yeah, you totally. first, right? You have seen mm -hmm. it firsthand. So the work that you do is so important. And we're grateful that we get to share this space with you. 
Thank you. And we end on one final question, which would can be fairly large, but we gave you a little heads up. What do you feel like has been your biggest WTL moment? Like what is one thing that has really just stuck with you in terms of you being the person you are today? Yeah, um, for me, it's definitely going, and I kind of mentioned this already at the beginning, but it's it's allowing those emotions and instead of fighting and resisting them. So I'll kind of still tell a story of, of me um, and to make it like real life. And I think this will be valuable because it's like, so, so real and like so tangible. Um, but I, my whole life have, have, you know, experienced a lot of anxiety and as an adult, it's kind of been up and down and stuff like that. Um, but in the winter of 2020, um, yeah, in the winter of 2020, I was living in my in-laws house. It wasn't like the greatest environment in the world. And my anxiety was probably the worst that it's ever been in my entire life. And so whenever I felt anxiety and I had a lot of panic attacks that night, like almost, you know, more nights than not, I was having a panic attack. And when I would have those, I would fight it. I would get mad at myself for having them. I was like, you shouldn't feel this way. You, you shouldn't, you know, you should be over this by now. Like you're 30 years old. And so I would, I would fight with myself. I would get mad at myself. And one night I was fighting with myself so bad that I actually passed out. Like I just, my body was like, all right, like we need it. We need to chill. I passed out. And so after that moment, um, like it took a little bit of time, but I realized that the more I fight my anxiety or, or whatever emotion you feel, the more you fight it, the more it's going to stick around, like the more grasp it will have over your life. So I really learned to like, let the emotion be there to kind of observe it, be the noticer of that emotion. And when you do that, it'll, it's still going to be there. It's not always going to be pleasant, but if you can kind of sit with it and be okay with it and let it kind of take its course, then it will move by a lot faster and you won't be, you know, it won't have power over you. So that's something that I've learned. that's just given me so much more peace in my life day to day. And something that I try to teach my girls too, when it comes to emotions and, and thoughts and those kind of things is to just like, just make friends with them, let them be there because like everything in life, it's all temporary, like nothing lasts forever. So if you can just like welcome it, acknowledge it, let it be there, it's going to go by a lot faster. And I unfortunately had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) I love that. Can we just be friends with the way that we feel? And it is temporary. It's true. It is. That's such a beautiful WTL moment because I mean, mental health is at an all-time high. And I know so many people can relate to that story or see themselves in that story in some way, shape, or form. And we do. We um, we make ourselves wrong for it, or we try to fix it in, in a different unhealthy way or whatever that is. And we're going to have sad and bad days mm-hmm. as, as much as I think we should live in, you know, the world of trolls. I'm like, that's one of my favorite movies. I'm like, everything is rainbow and glitter and it's so fun. But the reality is like, it's a way to have sad and bad days. And And as opposed to resisting it or shoving it down or whatever it is, it's like being with it is going to be the greatest gift that you can give yourself. Mm. Shay, thank you. Seriously, this conversation was so good. And you guys, thanks for, thanks for hanging with us. And until the next, the next episode, the next episode, (laughs) we'll see you the next time on what's the lesson. Bye everyone. 
We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, pose questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.